Welcome to Tusker Talk, a podcast from Somers Schools. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. It's Thursday, November 4th, and I'm here with Ray for our superintendent's update. Hi, Ray. Hello, Amanda. What's new? Well, the weather's quite lovely today for November. It's like 50 degrees. Kids are outside. I was actually going to say it's chilly. <laughs> <laughs> See, perspective. It's, I know. All, it's all about perspective. Half full, half empty. Yes. <laughs> so today we're going to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on how we use test scores and assessments and data like that that we gather from our students to inform kind of how the teachers teach and how they follow curriculum and, and which practices they use. Yeah, I think that's a a great piece, especially as as we know with all our schools across our country really trying to identify where children are and their path for learning. In particular, as we hopefully work our way out of COVID, there's certainly some some loss in learning that all of us are trying to help students accelerate through. So looking at where students are now with their learning and how we can go ahead and move along that pathway is critical. I think last week we touched base a little bit about how we're working on supporting reading, for example, the elementary schools with after school additional time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perhaps I wanted to touch base a little bit in our mathematics area. And so before COVID started, we had placed a a particular focus in our uh, mathematics program and and thinking particularly at the elementary level as well as the secondary. So if we think back to then a little bit, we had uh, started looking at the learning results and how students were performing and where they actually ended up when they uh, graduated high school from us. In the math program. Correct. And so uh, in Somers, a significant majority of us students stay with us for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So we have that advantage. So when we looked at that a little deeper, we identified, for example, anywhere between 55 to 60 percent of the children in eighth grade already take their algebra and some actually take geometry, which is a pretty hefty amount. You're getting close to two thirds of kids who are already taking that high school kind of a level course. So then as we looked at that information, I had frankly, I think most of it anticipated that our numbers of students who ultimately got to our highest course of the high school, our AP calculus class, um, would be a relatively close percentage, but actually it was, a, it was a negative decline. So we saw less and less students along the way stay with the mathematics. That's interesting because you would assume that Absolutely. you start them earlier, they, yep. they go further, but that's not the case. Exactly. And so, so we're definitely uh, saying, oh, that's, that's a little bit surprising and interesting. And so then what we did is looked at certainly best practices, for example, the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, and, and as they look at um, talking about what are the best instructional practices, and how to work with children in making sure that they are uh, confident in their mathematical proficiency. And then also certainly practitioners out in the field. So two things we found. One clear message we saw from the research was the reality is is that uh, going fast early is not necessarily a good thing. And so when we looked at our results, we also saw the same thing because that acceleration in eighth grade algebra can be a very different experience if somebody's doing that too early and all of a sudden their next step in mathematics can be a very difficult challenge. So they're almost hit with a brick wall in some regards that they haven't experienced before. They've been really cruising through mathematics, they get things, and then then all of a sudden it really can hit just from that conceptual level, the next course in mathematics, typically geometry. And then when we looked at uh, some of the school districts in the area, who actually had an inverse relationship. They had much less of their students actually accelerating to algebra at that level or certainly geometry, but then there was actually an increase in the high school of how many got to their highest level. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, and very unexpected. Exactly. And so 
again, looking at their research and identifying what was the best piece. And it was about, again, acceleration time feels you know, most appropriate. And so that's a part that the mathematics team underneath the Direction of Learning Office, math instructors spent pre-COVID and also during COVID identifying really what are some of the best approaches we can go ahead and make. So actually more kids take more math on our schools. In the long run. In the long run. Again, state is saying that you have to have three high school level classes in mathematics. We would significantly like to increase the percentage of students who take more of that. Mm -hmm. And so this is uh, to that end where students who are really um, looking and interested in going to that highest level of mathematics all along are there. They'll still have that pathway just a little bit different course that they get. They'll still get to the calculus level through AP at the high school as we had before. And then also some students who perhaps don't connect into the math piece or realize it's really something they really want to generate and go forward with until maybe their freshman year. They'll still have the opportunity to seek that, to get that highest pinnacle course for us, just different ways to that end. And so that's the part that we were really working, have been working on where the math team has kind of realigned those units and those courses to connect so students can have choice as they continue through our mathematics program at the high school. Before, frankly, um, it was where if you didn't get to algebra in eighth grade, you were not getting to that highest course. That, that was just a fact of the matter because it was structured that way. So we've really changed that structure. It's a different pathway, yet it is still attainable to get there. So what does that look like for mathematics in the middle school moving forward? So math in the middle school, as you will see, and also in the high school, you'll be seeing some of this as we've identified as like embedded honors. Mm-hmm. Algebra still is, an, is uh, the, our pinnacle course at the high school or the middle school here, sorry. And so the algebra still is, is there. And what percentage of eighth graders will you expect to take algebra? Yeah, my estimate is still that'll probably be in the 40 percentile or so. If you're looking at some students who maybe stretch it a little too far, that's gonna probably drop it down a little bit, as well as those kids who are not doing geometry proper here any, anymore. Now, there'll be some students or opportunities with our new middle school schedule here as we're looking forward where some of those students will need basically enrichment opportunities in algebra. So they'll have some access and learning opportunities through some of the for some geometric concepts at that level so they'll get some initial exposure so they'll have an understanding when they go to high school the next year. So embedding that, but also that what I need now period, basically some students will be right on target. Other students may need to accelerate a little bit more and get to the next level of the concept or deeper into it. And that's exactly where that math experience will be at the middle school level. And so with that, we also needed to look at our learning resources. So the learning office pulled together all of our mathematics uh, instructors and they spent a good portion of the year looking at uh, different learning opportunities for children. What are the updated resources out there for children? What are other schools using? What is the research saying is, is an effective approach and good resources there? So that team spent a good time going through multiple different um, resources as ours was coming to a close of kind of our contract with that uh, group. And so they've been working so far this year on a program called Big Ideas. And so that part, um, the team will go through and they'll evaluate towards the end of the year, is it what they had initially identified as an opportunity for enrichment for all students and certainly an opportunity for us to connect with the high school as well, because it is sixth through algebra level. So that programmatic lens on one side for all of our kids and making sure we have good practices, good learning resources, good technical resources for the children, especially they all have devices now, Mm -hmm. and then with the children in front of the teachers on a day-to-day basis. So... 
And that's really how the data helps us inform all levels of the organization, from a teacher with kids in the classroom, as well as the learning office connecting, you know, our mathematics program six, you know, through the high school and stuff. Great. That's a great explanation because I think it's it's difficult for parents often to understand how this all comes together and what are you doing to to change how you've been teaching for ten years or how do you know what to teach? How do you, so that's a really nice um, nice summary of how it all happens. I, I appreciate that. And I hope maybe parents would also even just, you know, ask the kiddos at home. And um, the team has also brought in more at a program called IXL. And that is an opportunity for students to really get lots of practice and additional repetition in areas of math that they may be trying to learn a little bit more about. So hopefully that they'll be able to see that right in the house as well, too, and see there's children working on that math support on an on-demand basis. And what grade levels do that? So that is actually a piece that's going through K through through the high school right mm-hmm. now. And that's, again, taking advantage of what we learned from our COVID experience where everyone has a device now. And if they would like to get more assistance and support at where they are, now this technology too can allow them right there to help themselves. And also teachers can guide that as well. You can assign me, for example, if I'm really struggling in some concepts on fractions, whatever it may be, you've given me a little bit extra dosage of that so I can demonstrate where I may need some more assistance or that I'm getting those opportunities to learn. So that really is getting into a very personalized experience based upon the data that the children are showing and sharing with the, the teacher in classroom. So. Great. Yeah, it's a All little right. it's a little more sophisticated than I think you were thinking. <laughs> Again, thank you to the teachers, learning office for guiding this through. And yeah, they've it, done a lot of hard work. They have, they have. And our you know our, our tagline of forward and excellence, it's not staying still and saying we're excellent. It's continuing to move forward and excellence. So, um, very proud of the team. Great. All right. Thanks, Ray. Talk Thanks. to you next week. Take care, everyone.